Corey Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. Welcome to a broadcast for manufacturers. We are your hosts. I'm Lori Hybe. Hey, this is Erin. Hey, and it's Chris Harrington. All right. Our first episode is really to share with you a little bit about us. We will be interviewing each other on our backgrounds, passions, and most importantly, why are we excited to be co-hosting a broadcast for manufacturers? All right. I'm going to start by asking Chris, a couple of questions. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, um, well, I love to eat. No, (laughs) (laughs) I live on a farm. Uh, (laughs) uh, Actually, as it comes to, I guess, my manufacturing story and and a little bit of background of of kind of how I've landed here. I um, spent some time in the U.S. Navy, so uh, I think uh, what's interesting for me, I was always a natural athlete in school, so I just love to work with my hands. I, you know, I think the one thing about sports is that I'm just a kinesthetic naturally, so any time I can be doing something with my hands, I'm, I'm happy. So one of the ways that I could use my hands and travel the world, which was also a dream for me, was to join the Navy. So I started before I ever went to school, I was in the Navy. Um, after I left the Navy, I was a machinist mate, just to share that as well. Um, after I left the Navy, I went to work here in, in Milwaukee at uh, WH Brady Company, and I worked on the manufacturing floor. So I ran a a machine. I started off on second shift, then I moved to third shift. I worked in a clean room environment, but I was, you know, responsible for, um, you know, picking the materials that I was going to run on my machine, setting up the machine, and then producing product that would be uh, eventually packed and sold to our customers. So I have that experience of actually working on machinery as well. Um, I went to work for We Energies. You know, those of us that are from Wisconsin, we know that they are the local electrical uh, and gas company here, but I located underground utilities for a while. So when I did that, I was outside working with construction companies yeah. and wherever they were building or digging or, um, you, you know, doing any work outside that you had to locate those underground utilities to make it safe for those I was kind of a part of that. So that's just some fun part of my background. So I was a non-traditional student. When I decided to eventually go to school, I did choose Marquette University here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I think I started at Marquette at about the age of 28. So I was older. Um, You know, I thought I was going to school for physical therapy because I, again, naturally sports oriented, and I just wanted to work with sports teams and, and, and help on the physical therapy side. 
But what I realized when I got to school is that I really wasn't good at chemistry and biology, but I couldn't wrap my head around it. I just didn't understand why we need to learn chemical formulas and all these other things and, you know, dissect uh, animals you know, and things of that nature as a, <laughs> already having been an adult and, you know, being yeah. responsible for things. I didn't understand the application of that. So I had gone to um, a counselor to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I'm, I'm spending a lot of money at Marquette. And if I'm not going to do well, I, I got to get out of this. And mm-hmm. uh, he asked me a few questions and suggested that I go, I start at the School of Business. And the next year, I went into the School of Business, and I can tell you, everything clicked for me. Yeah, it was awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Economics, accounting, finance, all of a sudden, the world made sense to me in ways that it, 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 you know, I had intuitively learned through working and sure. living and having my own adult responsibilities. But now I was getting this broader and deeper understanding of, of things. So my first uh, real career move after I graduated from Marquette was to start at Bucyrus International here in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They uh, were a manufacturer of mining equipment, very large uh, surface mining equipment. Um, during my time there, w- mining was really growing. Uh, and, and actually, they were mining itself is very cyclical. And they had just come, into, come out of a very down period. And I was one of the first people that they brought into the organization on the uptick. So what that meant for me was that while I was hired as a financial analyst, I had all of this opportunity to sit with everybody in the organization. They just made time for me. The engineers made time for me. Purchasing made time for me. Uh, I used to walk the production floor and ask questions related to the machinery and the, the products that we were making. And I was responsible for running reports for executive leaders uh, in, in, our, in the different teams, the different business areas. And what that uh, taught me was to use the ERP system as a tool, but then also to analyze the data that I was, uh, that I was taking out of the system and formulate some opinion or fact or trend or information that was useful to that department. So because I was this financial analyst getting all this information across all these different business units, I naturally was learning all the different business units in the manufacturing environment, which gave me this unique, broad experience. So um, I just love my time at Bucyrus International. I, I was uh, very short in the financial analyst role. I ended up becoming a product manager. I moved to Canada for two years. I was the parts manager for our Canadian subsidiary I came back to be the director of aftermarket parts back here in Wisconsin for our our entire global operations. And then I had a unique project in Brazil where I uh, accepted the project and I spent 18 months living and working in Brazil, then uh, 24 months in Lima, Peru after that. So I just had this really fun uh, and, you know, hardworking type experience in a manu- manufacturing environment, all of the subsidiaries that I worked with, you know, we were responsible for P&L. And each of these businesses had their own goals with their own, um, their own metrics. 
and and their own customers to satisfy. So it gave me truly uh, a, a life experience in a very short number of years, you know, as compared to what some people get to do in a career. Um, we were acquired by Caterpillar, and uh, that was a an interesting experience for those of us that worked at Bucyrus because, of course, Caterpillar, a very well-known brand, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think many of us will say that we, we know Caterpillar products. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people have a love for Caterpillar products, so it was uh, very interesting for those of us who were with Bucyrus to, to move into the Caterpillar organization. We were a direct sales channel and Caterpillar, of course, is a distribution sales channel where they sell through dealers. So it was a great opportunity to understand what it means to work with dealer partners. So we had this great experience uh, with that. Um, but we were on a path as Bucyrus down this digital journey. And this digital journey, we had this vision of improving our customer experience through technology. And when we all folded into Caterpillar, our vision was kind of set aside, but we kept coming back to it as a team. Those of us that were that worked closely, we were kind of like a family at Bucyrus as well. We said, hey, do you think other manufacturers could benefit from that vision that we had for the technology solution to to better that customer experience. And we decided yes. And that's when we founded Gen Alpha Technologies, who I am the president and COO of today. And we do uh, software for manufacturers, specifically digital commerce uh, solutions, where we repurpose engineering bills of materials, 2D and 3D drawings, to facilitate a better and safer ordering process online for customers. So that's kind of the journey that took me to where I am today. Oh, I love it. I learned uh, some things about you. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's so I agreed. easy here. <laughs> so cool. That's, that's an awesome, that's a memoir in the making, Chris. Wow. <laughs> yes. What a cool story. And there's so many things can't wait to follow up on. <laughs> I did not know you were in the Navy and, oh, yeah. you know, and your international experience, but mostly how like you just orbit around manufacturing. It's just amazing. Yeah. I love it. Great I love story. it. Yeah. Fantastic. Want to share a little bit about family and hobbies, what you like to do for fun? Yeah, for fun. Well, um, you know, something really wonderful when we were living in, and working in Peru, uh, my wife, Polly, uh, traveled to Peru, of course, with me, and she had an opportunity to study at Le Cordon Bleu. So, um, you know, the famous French school, she studied uh, there and got her international chef license while we were living there. So today um, we have a small hobby farm where we grow our own, uh, you know, vegetables in the summer and we have chickens and ducks and we have eggs uh, and we have these fruit trees and other things, and we share our produce with the community here. Um, it's an honor system. So people come by uh, our farm stand and they purchase things. But we also do farm to table dinners. And um, my wife is a personal chef. So I am always eating, uh, you know, these uh, this amazing food. And that's why I kicked it off with, well, I love to eat. Uh, you know, and I am very fortunate that I get to to eat some of the best food ever. And I've, of course, had the chance to do that globally as well as I as I've traveled. So 
I would say that truly that's my favorite thing to do. And I, I have grown um, accustomed to working out so that I can enjoy good food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I was to be married to a chef, that would be a real struggle. <laughs> oh, no, I would, I would have that in a hot minute. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah. like Erin, you and I should invite ourselves over to dinner I just at Chris's did. house. Yeah. I, I did. I You're invited. invited. You're invited. Yeah, yeah. It's Please. happening. I'm bringing my family as well. We're gonna just. That's oh, love oh, it. Very so cool. great. Yeah. All right. Here's a little bit different one for you. Um, what's something that you are like educating yourself on right now? You're learning, and it, it really excites you. Hmm. Well, this one is a little bit of a tough issue, but since you're asking, uh, <laughs> I, I recently, and I am still, I'm, I'm just ending a program that I've been a part of that is called Dismantling Racism. And it's really uh, opened my eyes to some really important matters here in the United States. And I have been reading some amazing literature, uh, you know, historically and up to date today um, of, of, you know, really anti-racist type uh, material that has taught me so much about myself uh, and about the community that I live in and where I'm from. And then, of course, the broader United States uh, and the world. So, uh, I've been going through a learning process. It's it's been very very uh, interesting for me, profound, and I, I'm sure it has changed my life. Wow! I bet we're gonna kind of dive into some of that from a future episodes. I would imagine. I hope so. Yes. Yeah, it's a definitely an issue that's facing manufacturing, and there's some really great people working to uh, to bring more diversity into manufacturing. So that's, that's right. It's very relevant. Yeah. Yep. Right. Diversity and inclusion is, I know, something that um, everybody is challenged with. Mm -hmm. We even at Gen Alpha, you know, we're we're looking for candidates, and we have to remove uh, some of our bias uh, that sometimes we're not even aware of if we're going to attract talent uh, and, and bring in that diversity. So it is something very important to me. So here's your last question, Chris, before you can start um, throwing them towards Aaron, but what, what excites you about getting this podcast started? I think, um, well, you know, I have a heart for manufacturing. I still like to believe that I'm a manufacturer, you know, while I'm, I'm manufacturing software, right. You know, we still have agile methodologies. We have production releases, we're building things, you know, so I, I still feel like, I'm a manufacturer, so I love that we get to talk uh, in this space. But I think for me, what I'm most excited about is, you know, all those years that I spent in, in manufacturing, I was looking for female representation. So while this is not going to be uh, only, you know, we're going to talk to some wonderful men and we're going to talk to some wonderful women and we are women ourselves, but I know I was looking for representation and I wanted to hear from other uh, females who were leading organizations or taking steps in organizations or, you know, running the shop floor. And uh, th that's what I think I'm most excited and hope that we can be that representation for other women in manufacturing who just love what they're doing and 
uh, want to see others who are doing it and active and supporting all that is manufacturing. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Jeans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, uh, you're, you're in charge now. All right. Well, Aaron, you've learned so much about me now. So it's, I'm, I'm turning the tables. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, you know, you're a tough act to follow, Chris. I got to be honest. I could listen to your story. That could be the whole podcast. Let's just talk about Chris because really, really interesting. Um, but I'll just start with a, a place where there's some overlap. Um, and that's mining because I grew up in a little mining town called Silver City, New Mexico. And my dad was an engineer at the mine. And uh, so when you talk about your experience and he, he spent time in South America as well, I can, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, Growing up in a, a fairly remote place in New Mexico, a mining town, now that I live in Madison, Wisconsin, I, I had a very different background than, you know, the lifestyle I lead now. I came to Madison to go to graduate school, and uh, my uh specialty. I came to grad school for sustainable biology, sustainable development, and conservation was really what attracted to me to the program that they had at Madison. And uh, after I finished graduate school, then I got a job. And the thing was that I realized that biology and conservation, while I felt they were important, it's kind of like that feeling that, very similar to the feeling you described yeah. with PT, where like, okay, that's what I want to do. But all the things that are around it are not really, you know, <laughs> exciting for me right now. But the job that I got after graduate school was with a communications organization. And they were communicating about conservation biology and about sustainability. And the work I did as a communicator, which also a marketer, that's what turned me on. That's what was exciting to me. Mm -hmm. So I, I was lucky that I, I didn't fall into something that wasn't satisfying after having, you know, spent some money to go to grad school and uh, continued to work in communications and outreach for environmental. It wasn't so much um, advocacy as it was um, what we would call social marketing at that time, which is kind of just like personal awareness about, you know, how your behaviors and your choices feed into sustainability. And um, I did that for many years. I even got to work for uh, this brand we all know of as Aveda, and that was really fun. And um, they had a great environmental mission, and it was cool to be a part of that. And I found that, like, I love business, like, really like the business side. And although I like the mission and, um, you know, the mission-driven work of nonprofit world, I just understand business so much more inherently, so much more better. So <clears throat> I did make that transition now to uh, to digital. I'm working now for a web development company called Earthling Interactive. And what's so fun about it is like now with all the digital tools at our fingertips and how much it, you know, the information economy has just exploded. Um, I get to be a part of that and it's just a natural fit for me. And it circles back around to manufacturing because one thing that is a little bit hard for me with um, the digital world is this so ephemeral. It's like, what is it? What is even happening there? Mm -hmm. And where manufacturing is like, these are durable goods that are making a difference in people's lives. And I just love that connection. And I love being able to support 
that whole industry, the jobs that are associated with it, you know, the made in America, all of those things, the wonderful things around manufacturing with the knowledge of how to use marketing, how to use communications and how to use outreach to grow that industry so that it can be the best that it can be. And so that people really like get reminded about why this is so important. You know, offshoring really kind of put manufacturing out of Americans' minds. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, similar things had happened in mining as well. With doing really effective communications, really effective outreach, we can like remind everybody and bring more young people into manufacturing. We can help grow manufacturers and really re-embrace this awesome part of our economic history in the U.S. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing with this podcast. Did I jump ahead? That was your next question, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you jumped ahead, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's wonderful. You know, what's interesting is that again, the world is, you're always being reminded that the world is small because when I talk about mining or I bring mining in, it's amazing how many people have a story about mining and the fact that you're father worked uh, in a mine. Wow. I mean, that's awesome. I, I just love hearing that background from you as well. Um, and, and thank you for sharing your story. I, you know, that biology experiences. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going to say that she succeeded where I couldn't. And it's, <laughs> I did okay. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't really my passion. I mean, I, I was interested, but it, it wasn't really my passion. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's the thing that I think everybody can relate to. And it's hard when you're young and you're starting out. Um, and I hope that some young people are part of our audience is that those mistakes, quote unquote, that you make or those missteps or, you know, the roads taken, maybe that shouldn't have been taken, just make you stronger as you get closer to the thing that really works for you, that really sings and really moves your heart. And mm -hmm. so it's not wasted time. But when you're in the midst of the thing that's not really your jam, you know, you're kind of hitting your head against the wall. So um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. There's always a stepping stone uh, from every what do they say? Fail early, fail fast and fail forward. Right. Yeah. If it's a fail, it doesn't mean necessarily you need to be a failure. It's just something you're learning from that. Hey, this isn't really what I liked, but I'm going to take the best out of that and take the next step. So I love that. Good. Um, so what's something you recently learned that excites you or, you know, you're currently educating yourself on? It's really weird. I'll, <laughs> it's really weird. It's this concept <laughs> called <laughs> the, um, oh, oh, now I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but oh, the simulation that we live in a simulation. So, and it sounds really woo woo and out there and it is woo woo and out there, but there are, um, you know, legitimate respected, uh, scientists who, actually believe that this could be the case. And what it is, again, very, very weird, is that we live in a computer simulation. So the matrix. So our notions of reality are all just programmed. It's very strange. And the reason that I'm interested in it is partly because I work in the digital world. So there's like sure. a natural curiosity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
so much of our life and our experience is, you know, cognizantly heading that direction, right? With virtual reality. And there are lots of pathways where I can see that's the future, whether I believe it or not, that that's where we exist right now. I think um, as a human, it's important to ask these questions. So I'm, I'm very engaged on, on those issues. Wow. <laughs> I know. What do you say? Right. That's weird. <laughs> blowing my mind right now. Aaron. Blowing my mind. No, I hope everything's not virtual in the future. Because no, it's, just, got- it's like so depressing. Right. I just had to, I had to be like, nope, I don't believe it and just move on and like kind of, yeah. But then well, you watch I, the matrix, you know, and that makes you think like, yeah, it oh, does. Okay. Or video, you know, the metaverse too is the me- yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're being enticed to go there, whether we're there right now or not. Sure. And I think, again, why it's important to think about it is because you can learn more about what it means to be human. What is like really fundamental? What do we want to protect? What do we want to preserve as we move more and more into our digital future? I think that's really important. I also think that it helps drive effectiveness in terms of digital communication, because what we all agree on, I know that all three of us feel this way. We want to help manufacturers connect with people as people. You know, I've heard, um, what's the thing? There's B2B is really person to person. Don't think of it just as like, you know, amorphous entity to amorphous entity. So if you're doing effective digital communications, you're connecting with something that's deeply human. Mm -hmm. And so that can get lost when you start like focusing on your tools and your widgets and your platforms and X, Y, Z. But if we keep close and central in our mind, what it is foundationally to be human, we're more effective communicators. I believe that. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I I was going to say that I bought an Oculus over Christmas and I'm one of those few people that when I would play games on my Oculus and do different things in a room, it actually really upset me, meaning I I had a headaches and effects. I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I I had to actually return it because I really like my head was spinning afterwards and it just didn't work for me. So that's Mm -hmm. why I I said, if I, if we're in a virtual world, I might be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You get the, what is it when you have the um... vertigo? Yes. Vertigo. We started yeah. having vertigo. Maybe yeah. that's a sign that we're yep. there. You I could us. just read your mind there. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> we're making that connection. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Aaron, with respect to, you know, why you're excited for this podcast? Yeah. I mean, you know, of the three of us, I'm a mom. Um, I know we have some fur babies in the group as well, but I have had a lot of fun learning from some of the folks in manufacturing, the women in manufacturing and the men too, about, you know, work-life balance in this world and what it means to, you know, raise kids and be in the manufacturing space and also to think about the future and they're um, going into maybe the trades and to encourage that and to kind of raise them in a way that makes that a possibility and they're not kind of stuck in the, um, you know, four-year degree box. Um, And then also just like the fun things about being a mom and watching your kids kind of learn the world and how things are made. So um, I'm looking forward to some of the conversations we'll have around that. Awesome. 
Cool. Wonderful. I'm so glad to be here with you. So I think, Erin, it's your turn to ask Lori the questions. Oh, and now I'm in the hot seat because Lori is the expert. Lori! Oh, yay! We yay. have amazing stories, though. I'm just <laughs> sitting here going, oh, God, what am I going to say now? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Because there's so much I want to know about you. First of all, you're a woman entrepreneur. Second of all, you're just total badass hockey player. Yeah. Third of all, there's so much that I don't know about you. So tell me about you. Cool. Um, you know, as, as you were talking about your mining stories and I'm like, you know what? I actually do have some mining family, a little, little extended. It's my, my great grandfather um, worked in a stamping factory for the copper mines in upper oh. Michigan. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, my dad yep. actually worked up in the, up in upper Michigan, the copper mines too. Awesome. Yep. I know mm -hmm. one of the museums up there, he, there's, you know, his name's on the wall, some of the work he's done. Oh, cool. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Um, Love it. So yeah, I, I just made that little connection. All three of us have a little mining connection. <laughs> um, my first, I'm, I'm just going to go back because this is the first memory I have of being in a, any sort of manufacturing facility um, and why it's been part of my life overall is my dad was in manufacturing. And I just remember as a kid, visiting him. Um, he worked at a, a tool and die factory and he was running CNC machines. Yeah. I didn't even know what that meant when I went to visit him, but I just thought it was the coolest thing to see, you know, metal getting drilled and, you know, there's all these little sparks flying everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> but to see like this big hunk of metal turns into this little cool contraption that ends up going on this big device that, makes chocolate ice cream, you know, I mean, it was yeah. just kind of neat mm -hmm. to see the whole progression of how things were made, which, you know, was a really popular TV show for a while. And I, I love that show. It's just so cool to see how so many things that we use every single day, people don't realize all of the different components and pieces and materials that go into, mm -hmm. into manufacturing. And one of the reasons I love working in manufacturing specifically is because so many manufacturers do a terrible job of telling this amazing story. Mm. The really cool so thing that, but true. that yeah. they do. Yeah. And, and so that's my job as their, their digital marketing expert and partner is to come in and I just kind of pull those little nuggets of awesomeness out of them and then help them, you know, tell it in a way that helps them attract more business to, to their organization. Right. Um, right. But how did I get there? Um, like you, Chris, I was a non-traditional student. So mm -hmm. I, I'm the, the oldest of, of, of two other siblings um, and my parents, very blue collar. Um, neither of them went to college. So I was the first one to actually go to college. And so my parents didn't have, as much as I, I love them and they promoted and advocated me to do my very best, they didn't know anything about what going to college was like. Mm -hmm. So I was working full-time while going to school nights and weekends because I didn't even know that you could take out student loans. Mm -hmm. um, so um, yeah, I, it was very non-traditional. I went to um, MATC for two years. I started going for commercial art because I love art. And I was I took every single art class that my high school offered and just thought that was my, my path was to do something related to art. And then um, a sociology class that I took actually triggered my interest in marketing. And I was just oh, fascinated yeah. with how um, 
messaging influences decision and how culture influences people's response. And there's so many factors that ultimately play a factor in why people end up doing, you know, signing up for a class or buying something or, you know, drinking Pepsi versus Coke or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I was just so fascinated by that concept that I switched my, my major to marketing. And then I continued on to get my bachelor's um, from Marion University. And then I ended up uh, getting my master's from Cardinal Stretch. So the amount of schooling I did by working full time and going to school nights and yeah. weekends, I should be a doctor. <laughs> the amount of years it took me. Um, we'll just call you doctor of marketing. Yeah, That's good. how we'll refer to sure. you. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was lucky enough that right out of high school, I actually started working at a web development company. So that's kind of where I tied in. So I was going to school um, while also um, I was working at as an administrative assistant at Stark Media, who's a, another local firm in town here. And I ended up being there for about five and a half years, worked my way up into actually implementing some of the things that I was learning, even though it was very early on in the whole digital marketing space, you know, SEO and PPC were acronyms that weren't even yeah. established yet. Yeah. Um, weren't even really common language, but I was doing those things um, very early on. And I, I love that I had those experiences. Um, and then I moved on to a more traditional marketing firm where I was doing um, some outdoor and radio and print advertising. And that was fun. Um, however, digital was way more fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> Outdoor radio and print never changed. It was the same thing every single time, you know, sure. and as a yeah. young individual who loves to learn, I still love to learn today, you know, it's like, well, I learned all of it. Now what? <laughs> We're digital. There's always something new and fascinating coming in. Um, while I was at the, the previous agency, they, they no longer exist. They were acquired by a printing firm. Um, the biggest account that I managed at the time was ABB, which is a global manufacturer. And I was in charge of keeping, uh, making sure that every single piece of uh, print literature um, for the whole North American market for about eight different business units of ABB never ran out of stock. So that includes your, your sales literature, that includes the user manuals that go in the products that they're building. So um, I was responsible for sourcing the, um, the, the materials, the printers, making sure it was the current versioning of the document documents and any, I, I want to say there's about 400 pieces total that I was responsible Oof. for. Yeah. And then making sure it was getting shipped, you know, either to the distribution centers. Um, but the other fun part of that job is we actually were doing a vendor managed inventory for them. So I would actually go out on the production floor two to three times a week and physically stock the user manuals that would go into the product that they were producing, well, so, which was cool because yeah. um, one, to just see how, you know, the drives and the controls and everything were being made. Uh, but I built some amazing relationships with people in all different departments, you know, the product managers, the purchasing managers, and the people actually on the assembly line. So um, Lori, was that a, was that a technical publications role or was it true marketing because it seems like it could almost be tech tech pubs 
it, it, it was, I was working with people that were doing tech pubs. So we, the agency I was at um, had eight different business units within ABB where we were their primary print vendor of source. Okay. So um, I would say it was probably more just like a print brokerage to some extent, but we, we managed, we didn't just broker the printing. We also managed the entire uh, inventory and the distribution of the, the material as well. Um, so it's a really unique business model, um, but I did that for um, about three and a half years. And that's when I, you know, it was cool and I loved it. And it was really hard to make the decision to leave because I absolutely loved what I was doing Ooh. with ABB and, and the agency. Um, but that's when I decided to leave and, and start my own digital marketing company, which I started out as a web development company. And then just the natural evolution of the, the internet is, you know, we're strategic digital marketing agency now. And I love, as I said earlier, helping manufacturers better tell their story. I've got so many amazing clients that when I go, I love touring their facilities. That's one of my favorite things to do <laughs> is just see all the cool things that they're doing. Yeah. And asking all the, the peeling of the onion questions. Yeah. Like, well, how does that happen? And how did you do that? Right. And, um, and then once I hear the little golden nuggets, I'm like, oh, that's a great, we got to make a video about that. Or it's a huge blog post or, you know, there's just so many cool pieces of information that'll help, um, help our manufacturing clients do a better job telling their story in the digital space. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that I think curiosity, like if you don't have curiosity, you can't be in this field, mm -hmm. you know, you're especially the, the kind of work you do with the content development, you, you have to be just a, like an inveterate question asker. You have to be interested in everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I think that's such a wonderful quality. And that's also, I think what's going to make this podcast so much fun is that I think all three of us are just deeply, deeply curious about processes, mm -hmm. about people, um, with, with that in mind. What's something you've been learning or trying to learn about or think you might want to learn about? Uh, it's funny because I wrote this question. Now I'm like, I have two things. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm really it. going. Um, well, I didn't think about my answer when I wrote this question. But now I have, so one is like a personal enrichment and the other is personal, but also professional. I'd say the first one is I'm self-educating on real estate investment because that's something I'm really interested in right. kind of as a side project, long-term mm -hmm. retirement plan for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other one is uh, artificial intelligence. I'm okay. really fascinated with how AI is um, tied in closely with marketing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's already in the space, but it's going to continue to infuse itself uh, deeper and deeper. And I think a lot of marketers are behind the trend. Um so there's definitely a lot of uh, really cool things that are happening, which um, I think people are fearful that AI is going to take their some jobs away. But mm -hmm. in reality, it's going to give us more time for the strategic things. And and you guys both know that mm -hmm. I love yeah. I love the strategy. So mm -hmm. I like writing. I enjoy writing. But you know, AI can. <laughs> write it for me. <laughs> awesome. And then I can just go really deep into like, well, what is the topic that needs to be addressed? Right. Right. And then, um, and, and that's where I think the, the power is. So 
really fascinated with AI right now. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. I think it's being kind of noticed recently. It's also being overexploited a little bit in terms of people selling things that are AI. Mm, Um, And I I expect us to dig into that because I have a feeling that we're going to get confronted with. I know, for example, some um, some softwares that are being peddled. I know that's not the right term, but uh, in the manufacturing world uh, where AI gets gets a heavy use as a terminology, um, and it'll be fun to unpack that and see like what the benefits are and what the risks are and so forth. I agree. That is super interesting. Um, well, just give us a little, a little Lori tidbit because our job today is for people to get to know us. And so tell us a little something about the Lori that's in the world and not working. I know there's. <laughs> yeah, um, Lori in the world that's not working. I have lots of things that I, I enjoy doing, probably way too many, um, <laughs> which is a struggle because I just like new experiences. Yeah. But I am diehard hockey fan, player, advocate, cheerleader. Um, if anyone has ever followed me ever on social media, they already know this about me. <laughs> I, I actually helped run a league in town, um, the Milwaukee Community Hockey League. We just cool. had, this is our first week for the spring session. So that, oh, that went out awesome. um, without a hitch is great. Um, I occasionally will sub in a women's travel team mm. and I play, um, my husband and I play in our rec league together at the Pettit Center. Uh, yeah, and we That's love a lot of hockey. Yeah. It is. It is a lot of hockey. Um, we have a personal goal, my husband and I, to watch an NHL game at every single arena. So oh, where are you at on that one? Uh, not very far. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I've been to Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis. Um, and yeah, that's, that's as far. No. And Vegas. We went to the inaugural oh. season of the, the Vegas team. Nice. So, yeah, that nice. Was fun. Yeah. Those games are so super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So intense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, really intense. And, uh, my other uh, sport of choice, I guess, is cycling. Um, okay. So I, I've been doing that for a couple of years now. I, I still got a lot of work to, to get up to any level of beyond beginner stage. <laughs> but, the important thing is you enjoy it. Are you road biking, right. mountain yep. biking? I'm, you, I'm road unicycling. biking. <laughs> oh, God. I don't have that kind of uh road biking last year i did a um my first like group big uh ride um it was uh the door county century nice Um, so i did the 70 mile ride so this year my goal is to do the 100 mile ride so a true century ride nice that's some work to do (laughs) yeah um uh one i I have dabbled, but I'm not, I'm not a cyclist, but I did hang out with some cyclists for a bit that, um, one fellow had some property in the Kickapoo area of Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and he had biked all over the world. And he said, it's really one of the best places in the world for cycling because it's very hilly. So it's pretty, plus there's the hill, the challenge. And, um, there's so many safe roads because there's all those milk roads. I mean, that goes for all over Wisconsin as well. Yep. 
And so you just get all these marvelous rides with very little pressure from cars and incredible views. So um, maybe put that on your list. It's such a beautiful part of the state. Yeah, I've got a number of friends that are really big cyclists that have kind of been cheerleading me on and I've heard very similar stories. Um, what, what are my goals? I've got a couple of years to work up to this one, but to do the, the raw, which is the ride across Wisconsin. So that's about a oh, okay. 300 mile right. ride. Do it over two Whoa. days. Wow. Okay. Ah, go. <laughs> we'll we'll cross, you. Across go to Milwaukee. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Maybe awesome. three years. I think three years is a good target. There you good. go. Good. Good. We're here for you. We're your yep. team. Yep. Yep. And tell us what you need. We'll We're going to check in on that and keep you accountable. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Nag you? Pester you? No, we'll encourage you. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, now that we all know each other, what's our job? What's our, what's our next job? Well, um, you know, I think what we're going to do, what our plan is to really dive into some juicy topics. Ooh. We, we kind of teased a couple of them, I think, in our introductions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we all have a phenomenal network connected to the manufacturing space, and we plan to bring on some amazing guests. So um, the plan is to do two episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you all want, uh, some ideas on, on topics, feel free to reach out to us. Um, yeah. otherwise, uh, we're looking forward to, to the next couple of episodes here and can't wait for your feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You know, this, we're, we're giving this a shot. Like so many intrepid podcasters are, um, we, we love doing this. We love talking to each other. I hope you can tell that. And um, we love hearing from the audience and our guests and so forth. So this is exciting for us. And uh, we hope it's exciting for you as well. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Manufacturers, hold on to your seats. We're excited for what we have lined up. See you soon. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.